Welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Good morning or afternoon, uh, whatever time it is that you are listening to this episode and welcome. My name's Chandra and I am your host of the Transit Lounge podcast. If you've been listening for a little while, you'll notice that the last couple of episodes have been interviews as part of my interview series, which I launched this year, where I've given myself the challenge or the project of interviewing 40 women who have made significant career change to work for themselves after the age of 40. And I am really enjoying hearing the different stories, the different ways that these women have made the change, why they made the change, when they made the change, how they made the change, how other people responded and reacted, and their insights and tips now that they've sort of at various stages of that process. So if you are considering starting your own business, wanting to work for yourself one day, whether it's sometime this year or sometimes in the, in the future, I really encourage you to have a listen to some of those episodes and you just immerse yourself into those stories because stories give you evidence of what's possible. And if it's been possible for all of those women, then it's possible for you too. And one of the common themes that comes up in those interviews as well as conversations that I have with my various clients when they are at that point of thinking about leaving their successful career to start to do something else for themselves that feels a little bit more meaningful or or more suited to their current life stage, one of the first things that is a hurdle that comes up for most of those women is concerns about money. And the reality is, if I'm really honest with you, is that I believe that actually concerns about money never really, really go away. However, you can actually be less triggered by those thoughts and concerns about money and feel far more empowered about how you're approaching your money situation, your money choices, and particularly about the transition into working for yourself You can feel so much better about it if you make it important enough to look at it, to think about it and put some things in place. Now, from my point of view, my experience in my last employed role five years ago, I had in many respects a great job. I had a really good salary. In fact, it was probably the most that I had ever earned in an employed situation. And so the thought of not having that regular reliable income coming in every month was something I know that I really had to process. And I, you know, if if I'm honest with myself, that I struggled with and had to tackle in making the decision to leave that job and to start my own business. You know, we had multiple investment properties, which we still have. We live in Sydney, which is great in many ways, And it's also a very expensive place to live. And I was also tackling 
reasonably significant health issues that are also expensive to look after and address. And despite all of that, I still was able to make the decision to make the leap, if you like, and make the move towards working for myself. And, you know, I was back then and I am still very grateful now for the situation that I was actually in at that time that allowed me to make the move from that secure, regular income into working for myself on my own terms. But I also had a plan and I did actually give it thought. I didn't just rashly, you know, decide to quit one day without, you know, thinking about things. I had a bit of a plan around the business and what that was going to look like. And as I started to make that transition back then and as I've continued to do that work, I've realized that not everybody is necessarily in that situation where they have that sense of choice of being able to put things in place to be able to make that kind of transition possible. And so they just stay stuck doing the job, doing the same old, same old. And so I got very curious and very passionate about wanting to help women to improve their relationship and their results with money, knowing that it's so influential in the other choices that you make in your life and your work. Full disclosure though, I am far from perfect and I still have moments of worrying about money. Some of the worries are just very different types of worries now than the worries I had when I was an employee. But I'm now able to look at the reality of my financial situation, my money situation, and to realize that I don't really actually have to worry. There's like a habit of worry sometimes, or there's certain things that trigger a memory or a thought that uh, you know can be unhelpful, but I don't get caught up by it as much or for as long as I used to because I've done certain things and I've put things in place that help me feel a little clearer about the reality of the situation and I've got a different kind of perspective that I can bring to balance out that flight or flight trigger that can go off in your brain when you worry about something. And so this month is five years since I left my last employed role, my last job, and started working for myself. And so I wanted in this week's podcast episode to share five tips with you from five years of working for myself, particularly for you if you're wanting to work for yourself one day. Maybe you want to do it soon. Maybe it's a longer term plan for you. But in either case, you want to make sure that you really look at and dive into your money situation and get it sorted, get clear on it, get confident and empowered about it before you make any big moves. Because if you don't, then it can be one of the fastest handbrakes on your progress than anything else. So I really want to share these tips so that you can be considering them amongst the other planning that you are probably doing as you start to think about working for yourself and setting up a new business that you can start and grow and love. So let's get into these tips. Firstly, it's really important that you know your numbers. Before you leave, unless you've already left, but before you leave, ideally, make sure that you dive into looking at the money. I know a lot of women that just avoid looking at or talking about money and they avoid it like the plague. 
But if you're going to work for yourself, you're going to have your own business, it's really important that you actually start to embrace looking at and knowing your numbers. And in practical terms, this can include things like getting very honest with yourself about your cost of living, what it's costing you now and what it will cost you to maintain your current lifestyle if you move into working for yourself. You can also use that as a way of getting some insight about things that you could potentially trim without making yourself feel like you're completely on the poverty line. But we all have things that, you know, we just get used to doing or spending money on that if you didn't have it, you wouldn't necessarily notice it too much, but they're actually things that are taking money away from you. So looking at what are some things that you could potentially trim. Also looking at things like how long could you maintain the level of lifestyle that you would want to maintain without any kind of income? And it just is great, even though ideally you will have some income coming in, it's good for you to have as a bit of a litmus test, how long could you survive, thrive without any income? Another thing for you to look at in terms of knowing your numbers is being very aware of your current debt level. What do you owe? Who do you owe? What's the interest situation? How long have you got to pay things back? What's your plan for paying that debt back? Another thing for you to look at is the cost of setting up your business. Now, depending on what your business idea and concept is, the setup cost will be different. You know, if you're going to have a physical bricks and mortar store, then a full fit out may be hundreds of thousands of dollars. I certainly know people that that has been part of their setup costs. But for others, if they're consulting and they're going to have a home office, they don't have a lot of hard costs in terms of physical space, but there'll be costs in other areas of whether it's um, computer upgrades, uh, other technology things that you need. But what are those costs for you, for you to be aware of all of those? Even things like insurances and legals that you need to look into, branding, all those kinds of things of actually getting some level of insight about what is it likely to cost you to get set up and ready to go. Another aspect of knowing your numbers that's really important that often people don't think about is what are your rates going to be? How much are you going to charge for what? And this is really worth thinking about and being a bit strategic about. You want to be clear, not just on what you're selling, but how much you're selling it for and what's the margins on that? And are you actually going to be profitable or you're just going to be busy doing stuff and not actually making any money. So there's a whole lot of pieces just within that first little tip, I guess, of knowing your numbers. So dive into it. Don't avoid them. Love your numbers. Tip number two is to allow a lot more time for you to get income producing in your business. And I know that this might feel a little bit negative, Nancy, and I remember people telling me when I first started, you know, oh, it takes a long time to set things up. And I remember thinking like, yeah, yeah, but I, I kind of I've got a great idea and I know I'm going to help lots of people and I'm pretty savvy. And that, that inner voice was kind of backing me, which I think is great and I really want to encourage that. And there is also benefit from a healthy degree of caution or uh, cynicism, whatever you want to call it, and to almost be looking at worst case scenario. Because if you do that, and then the best case scenario happens, you've just got 
extra time up your sleeve or extra money you can reinvest in different ways. And it's far better to have that sort of contingency plan in place than to not have it. So one of the things that you can consider as part of allowing yourself more time to build up to income producing is to make sure that you've considered what's the revenue source going to be for you between now and you getting regular consistent income coming in, having some kind of revenue source. That revenue source might be your full-time job and it might mean that the smartest thing for you to do is to actually start your business before you leave that job. For some people, it might be that you drop your hours down and go part-time so that you can dedicate some consistent days and hours to working on your business. For others, it's about building up a buffer of savings that become your income while you build up the business. And that's what that money is there for. For others, it will be, all right, I know it's going to take some time to build up my business. So I'm going to do some freelance work or I'm going to Airbnb a room in my house, or I'm going to be an Uber driver, or whatever. Thinking through the plan about how are you going to get money coming in in the short term whilst you set up and create your business, knowing that also it can take time to refine what your offering really is. Then it takes time for people to become aware that that's what you're doing. It takes time for you to set up your systems and marketing and all of those kinds of things. So allow more time than you think you need. In fact, a little Facebook post that I did a little while ago uh, was the analogy, I guess, between starting your own business and going on a holiday and that the guideline for a holiday is take half as many clothes and twice as much money. And I think that's a very good rule of thumb for starting your own business is uh, you maybe need half as much stuff as you think that you need, and possibly you need twice as much money. Now, maybe that's not exactly true, but it's a a good guide to go by, I think. Tip number three is, if you haven't already, to make sure that you open separate bank accounts for your business. Do not tell yourself, oh, I'm just going to get started. It's just going to be small, so I'll just put it into the personal account, and there's there's not enough to worry about having separate accounts. That is an absolute trap on many levels and without going too far down the rabbit hole on it, it's really important that even psychologically, energetically, that you create this separate bucket, the intention of which is for business revenue to go into and business expenses to come out of. It will give you so much more clarity about what's coming in, what's going out by having it separate. And I actually was really surprised the number of people that I've come across that for much longer than they ideally would have, have tried to keep their business operating through just their personal accounts. And so on many levels, it's just not a not a wise thing to do. So set up separate bank accounts. And that may be just the first small action that you take. It declares to yourself and to the universe, to whoever else is involved, that actually you are setting up a business that is designed to receive money. So set up those different accounts so that you'll be able to track your income and your expenses. Tip number four is to set things up and put things in place with the intention to pay yourself first. 
Now, this can feel like a weird thing because often people hear, oh, you know, it's years before a business will pay someone. I generally don't like that kind of business model. I much prefer how is this business going to pay something in the shortest amount of time. Now, that amount may not be what you're used to earning, but it's important for you to at least think about how you're going to pay yourself. Again, someone I was speaking to recently, the approach that they were taking, they were still building their business up. The approach they were taking was that they paid themselves from the business account however much they needed to pay for their personal stuff. And whilst I can kind of appreciate that as an approach, it's not really a great business-minded approach. And ideally, you would work out, well, what salary or payment are you paying yourself and how often do you pay it? Do you pay yourself fortnightly, once a month, once a week, whatever it is, and that you pay yourself first before you pay other bills and things like that. And there's a whole philosophy that I deep dive into in a program that I used to run called Women and Money. And as counterintuitive as it can feel, there's lots of benefits to you putting things in place to pay yourself, even if it's a really, really small amount. And even if you pay yourself a small amount, but then you have to transfer that money back in to the business account, there is something that's being declared when you set things up in the business to pay people's salary, because that's what businesses do. Businesses pay salaries and expenses. And so you want to set that up, that the business has systems in place and processes in place to pay people. And if that team of people at this stage is just you, then you want to make sure that you're paying yourself. And you can start really, really small. I know I started really small when I first started. I had savings that I was drawing on when I needed to, but I still wanted the discipline of paying myself something. I think I started, you know, just like a couple of hundred bucks or something initially. But then uh, what you can also do is to use a percentage so whatever your income level is for that week, fortnight or month, pay yourself a percentage of that. And sometimes that might be a very small amount and it will grow and you'll still have the discipline there of paying yourself that amount. So I did that for quite a while after starting with paying myself a small amount, then I moved to a percentage. And then when I got a, a certain level of consistency in the monthly revenue that was coming into the business, then I chose and set a certain salary payment amount to pay myself each fortnight. And that is one of my funnest days. Uh, the days that I love is when it's payday. And so for you, you can take any one of those approaches, but make sure that you're thinking about how are you going to pay yourself as an individual, not going into all of the different accounting structures of whether you're paying yourself director's fees or manager's fees or however that works. What I mean is how are you extracting money from the business to acknowledge the time, effort, energy, expertise that you are putting into the business. Make sure you put something in place to pay yourself and pay yourself before you pay others. Again, it's a small thing and a significant thing to pay yourself first consciously before you pay all the other bills. And tip number five is actually probably the overarching tip that all the others fall under as well, as well as a whole stack of other stuff. And that is 
to make sure that you look at and you prioritize your relationship with money because it impacts everything. Everything that you do, the way that you do it, what you do do, what you don't do. And I just can't stress enough the far-reaching implications of you ignoring ineffective relationships with money, ineffective money strategies and systems. And so it's really important that you start to get curious about what is your relationship with money now? How do you think about money? How do you talk about money? And one of the things I hear a lot that I feel very conflicted by is people saying, oh, I want to work for myself and I want to do something that's meaningful and I'm not doing it for the money. It's not about the money. And on one level, I get that and that money isn't the primary motivator and I think that that's a good thing. However, if it is going to be a business, then you also need to embrace the fact that you need and want to charge and earn money and to not make money the bad guy. And I I get concerned that when people use that sort of language of it's not about the money, I'm not chasing the money, it's in some ways it's like almost pushing the money away and I think that can be not useful when you're going into a business. So exploring more about how do you feel about money? How do you feel about charging for your products or for your services? Because you're going to have to have money conversations and you don't want to have baggage that's not serving you or that's going to get in the way of you receiving the money that you deserve. And I think that is one of those things that, again, I'm very passionate about wanting to assist women to identify what are their money stories that are holding them back? How do they get to the next level of of earning, especially if they're starting their own business? And so I'm always catching myself, you know, again, getting all worked up about how important this is and important this work is. And I have to admit that I have been starting to think about rebooting that Women and Money program that I haven't run for at least two years. And one of the the reasons, one of the prompters for that was that uh, I ran a workshop a while ago and one of the people that came along was someone who did participate and complete the Women and Money program years ago. And she said, unsolicited by me, she said that program literally changed my life for the absolute better. And she listed off all the things that she had done and achieved that would never have been possible for her before doing that course. And it was just reminded me, I guess, of how impactful this work is. And so I guess that's why I'm starting to think about potentially offering it again. Um, I haven't actually fully committed to if I will do it when I'll do it and how it will be done. But if you are curious and you would like to potentially find out if I am going to run it again, the best way for you to do that is for you to connect with me, with the Transit Lounge, to join the Facebook group. So go to Facebook and search in groups for Career Change, Start and Grow Your Own Business. That's the Facebook group name. Or you can just email me. If you're not on Facebook or you don't like joining groups or whatever your story is, you can just email me, Chandra at thetransitlounge.com 
and just email me, say you listen to the podcast and you want to find out about the program if I do decide to run it again and then once all of the decisions are made, I can email you out about it because I just am realizing how uh, passionate I really am about this and how influential it is in whether or not you are going to put things in place to actually start to work for yourself one day or if you're going to stay in a job that you're not necessarily fully enjoying or that isn't serving you in the life stage that you're wanting to create for your next phase of your work life. So bit of a rant, bit, a bit passionate, probably going to happen with this new this program. Anyway, connect with me if you'd like to find out about it. That's it for this episode. They are my five money tips after five years of working for myself. I hope there's at least one or two in there that you can run with and, and experiment with this week but have a great week maybe thinking about how you think and feel about money as you keep taking those small steps towards working for yourself have a great week